Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Good morning, Faith Life Church. Uh, great to have you here again. We want to welcome all of the people watching us online, um, over here and overseas. We believe today you're going to be blessed. I believe today there's a, a huge excitement in my spirit that all week God's been speaking to me about today. Uh, I believe today God is going to do something so supernatural in you. It's going to amaze you. It's also going to amaze your friends and your family because something dramatic is going to happen to you today. Today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to make give you a supernatural vision where you have been in darkness, in whatever area in darkness. So you can be in financial darkness. You can be in emotional darkness. You can be in a physical darkness. There are so many ways that you can be in darkness. The Bible puts it this way. Blindness is a place where there is no light. Blindness is a place where there is no light. And so what we have here is that when there is no light, the end result in whatever area that you are blind in will reduce you into a beggar. That means that you'll have to live off handouts. You'll have to have somebody else lead you where you're supposed to know where you are going. And just, just to start this off, I want to build you a foundation that you will know right from the onset the things that God has prepared for you that you might not be living in right now. If we, in Genesis chapter 1 is that we find this contrast between light and darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 1, it says this, In the beginning God prepared, one, formed, two, fashioned, three, created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Now watch this carefully. Before God created us and put us on earth or put us in a place of rulership, He created the environment for us to be in. And watch this. The Bible says that He had prepared, He has formed, and He has fashioned. When you start to see that, you'd go, well, so what's so amazing about that? Look with me in Jeremiah 29, 11. It's, it's an amazing, amazing scripture. It says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares God, plans for prosperity and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I'll underline this word, plans. That God doesn't just have a plan for your life, but he has plans, multiple plans. So sometimes when we start thinking we might get by into one plan of God, but God says there are multiple plans in the kingdom of God. So for you today, God has a plan for your body. God has a plan for your mind. God's got a plan for your imagination. God's got a plan for the way you're going to live, what you're going to drive, where you're going to go on holiday, who your friends are. God has a plan for every area in your life. That is why... The Word of God says, ask anything in my name. The word anything means multiple things. So when God created, 
He created, He formed, he, and then He says this, these are my plans. So in today, in wherever you are, you might be in the perfect will of God in one way, but there could be another part that is not according to His plan. See, the key of God and salvation is this, is that the goal and the assignment that you and I have is to line up every area in our lives to the original plan of God that has for you. So God has a plan for you, and God has plans for you. So what we are in for today is that God was, and I felt this in my spirit, that there are so many people that you're thriving in one area, but you're not thriving in another. You might be doing well, and you're feeling, wow, God loves me, I feel loved, but you're broke. You, you know, you, you might have spiritual revelation, but you're struggling in another area. I believe today, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, that all of your life will come into divine alignment. Now listen to verse 2 of Genesis. And the earth was without form and, and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of a... Ve- sorry. And the darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. And the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. So I want you to watch this. God says, I've got plans for you. But where the plans are going to be is an empty place. It's a waste. There's a waste place. And it's darkness was upon the face. So there is a darkness. Now, darkness means that there is no light there. there so the power of God is not there. But here's the amazing thing that, I've, that totally blew me out when I saw this, is that wherever there is darkness, the Holy Spirit is over it to bring you light. Wherever there is darkness, the Holy Spirit is over it and he has come to bring light. So whatever area right now that in your life that there is darkness, there's blindness, you don't know what to do, there's confusion. Hey, here's the good news, that the Holy Spirit is hovering over you. That to, to hover is the same word as when a chicken hovers over her young to protect them. Why is he protecting them? Because there's something that he has wants for them. So the Holy Spirit right now is hovering over your situation. The Holy Spirit is hovering over that sickness. The Holy Spirit is hovering over that pain. The Holy Spirit is hovering over that child that has gone. The Holy Spirit is hovering over every place that is not in line with the Spirit of God. And then you look at verse 3. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want you to watch this. The first act of creation was light. So God says, there was hovering. Where the Holy Spirit is, God speaks. Here's another key for you. Write this down. Whatever the Holy Spirit hovers over, God will speak into. Whatever the Holy Spirit hovers over, God will speak to. 
So the Holy Spirit right now is hovering over your life and now God is speaking into. So whatever God wants to change, He hovers over it, protect it so that He can change it. So the good news is today that the Holy Ghost is hovering over you. You, you. you might have never heard the gospel of Jesus, but I'm here to tell you, that for you that don't know Jesus, the Holy Spirit is hovering over you. And now God is speaking to you. Now look at verse 4 with me. And God saw that the light was good. It was suitable, pleasant, and He approved it. And God separated the light from the darkness. God separated the light from the darkness. So God says this, my light is good. It's suitable. So God is saying to you, what I want to do is good for you. I have got good plans for you. I've got amazing things for you. And God says this now, it's pleasant. He approved it. That means God's word is approved. Every promise has been approved by God for you. So here's the amazing part of it here. But God says it has to be separated. So watch this now. That the Holy Spirit wants to separate darkness from light. So that means that there could be a mixture within your life. That's what we were talking about before, how we started this meeting off. Is that you're, you're, you're doing great in one area, but you might not be doing great in another area. So there is light and there's darkness. And God says this, I am here to separate, remove all the dark spots, all the blind spots in your life, because I want your life to be full of light. I want it to be full of my power. I want it to be full of all the goodness of God. Now look at, now when we start to do this, so God has a plan for you, but when Adam fell, he introduced the opposition to God's plan for your life. So God has plans for your life. Satan has come in, and what he's doing, he's directly opposite to introduce what God wants to do in your life. So wherever God wants you to have light, he brings his own darkness. Now, have a, have a look at the, Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in the Passion Translation says this. In whose case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they will not see the light of the gospel, the glory of God, and who is the image of God. See, Satan has done this. He has blinded the eyes or the blinded the mind of people. So therefore, to be blind is there is no light. And where there is no light leads to poverty. Wherever there is poverty, it leads to a beggar mentality. So God comes in and he says this, your opposition is the darkness. I have come to give you light, but Satan says this, I am going to blind you. So what happens is this, now watch carefully with me, going back to what we were saying, that in one area, my vision is impaired. So in one area, I'm doing well, hey, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But you go to another area of my life, hey, I'm vision impaired. Therefore, it means that I'm, I'm trying to feel my way around. It's trial and error. The goodness of God is so powerful that God says this, I have come here to separate. Here's the good news. Right now, 
Why don't you let God, as I'm speaking, separate the light from the darkness in your thinking, in your belief system, in your expectation system, whatever there is darkness. I believe right now that the Holy Ghost is tuning into your life, tuning into here to give you a breakthrough. So look at um, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God has said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light of the illumination of the knowledge of the mystery of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. So God right now is going to bring illumination into every dark spot in your life. That means that you're going to have some radical change. That means that the spirit of blindness is going to be removed from you. Therefore, it means from today onward, you're going to walk a new walk. You're going to talk a new talk. You're going to have another belief system. People are going to stop you and get, man, what in the world has happened to you? And you can say, hey, there's been a separation happening in my life. God has separated the light from the darkness in my life. I am no longer a mixture hoping something is going to happen. I am now totally and utterly flooded with the light of Jesus. And therefore, that no unbelief can stand in the presence of light. So God does something just so amazing. Because what happens is this. Blindness will always reduce you to poverty. And poverty will give you a spirit of a beggar. So therefore, so that you will be deep, so your source removes. So um, let's just take this another level. The spirit of blindness tends you to poverty. And, and, uh, and the, then once you have poverty, then you then your outward manifestation for poverty is a beggar mentality. And a beggar a beggar's source is everybody that's passing by them. See, a beggar's source is just not one person. It could be one, but it's all, when you see it in Scripture, in the world, it's always multiple. So it's whoever is passing by, it becomes your source. So blindness blinds you to you have only one source, or you only need one source, not multiple sources. So blindness, scripturally and spiritually, blinds you that you only need one source, not multiple sources. That is why the, the scripture is so encouraging us, is so inviting us to make God our source. All the way through Scripture, he says, do not, do not be limited by multiple sources. Multiple sources will limit you. And they will limit you in the form that God's plans in your life will not manifest when you need them to manifest. So blindness blinds you to this. I only need one source. I am no longer going to be dependent upon multiple sources. The good news is this, that your source is not sitting next to you. Your source is not around you. Your source is God. The spirit of blindness, listen to me very carefully right now. The spirit 
of blindness takes your eye of the source, which is God, and moves it to multiple sources. That is why there are so many people that are frustrated with their husbands, their wives, their children, their employers, whatever. The reason we are disappointed is because we get disappointed is because I trusted you as my source and you didn't come through for me. I depended upon you and you let me down. But God says this, the reason I let you down because they were never your source. God uses people to bless you, but the people are not your source. It is the God that works through people to bless you. So sometimes we can get our eyes on the one that is acting in the will of God and blessing us instead of the reason that person is blessing me is because he's obedient to God and because he's obedient to God, God is flowing through him. So you become an answer to somebody else's prayer, not because you've got something, it is because God is using you. Now, I want to just show you this, how amazingly this works in a miracle. So right now, I need, again, like we said last week, we, I want you to look at the following scripture as you've never, ever heard it before. Using the foundation that we have just laid here, let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 51. And, and it's a story, everybody knows it, of blind Bartimaeus. Now, the moment I say blind Bartimaeus, right, most people go, I, I know it, I know it, I know it. Listen, <laughs> let's never, ever be uh, resisting new revelation of God. See, what stops new revelation is old revelation. See, God can't lay everything on you straight away. Your mind has to be renewed. So the, when Paul says to us, being renewed daily, therefore it means that God's building and building and building. So when we start with this, in looking at this because your miracle is just about to happen. You are right now entering into your miracle. Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 46. When Jesus and his disciples passed through Jericho, a large crowd joined them. Upon leaving the village, they met a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road named Timai, or the son of Timai, which we'd now call Barnabas. Now, here's something very radical. The Bible says here, he says, he met a blind beggar. They met a blind beggar. Here's a, here's a problem with this. The scripture, there is no Hebrew word for beggar. So when you look through the Bible, and there's a Bible language, a covenant language, understand this, is that once you are born again, you have to learn a new language. You've got to learn new definitions. You've got to learn a new way of doing things. What worked in the kingdom of darkness cannot long, it can't work in the kingdom of light. So the, the word there, beggar, it doesn't exist. The word of God is so amazing is this. The reason the, the beggar doesn't exist is because God, when he created his kingdom, when he took when he took the children of Israel out of Egypt, he made this. He says, you are always to look after the poor. You are never to let the poor take after themselves. Think about this. 
God, in God's kingdom, there is no word for beggar. So if there is a beggar, that means he is out of the jurisdiction of the covenant of God. Therefore, it is against God's law. It's, it's something that has come in and is foreign. So the, the, the custom of a beggar, the definition of a beggar, beggar, and a lifestyle of the beggar are totally in opposition to God's word. So there is no beggar. So what we have here is a man that has received something that was not promised him. He has, he has become something, which we learn in Genesis chapter 1, Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans for God were not for this man to be stretching out his hand. So now, the scripture tells us that you, we, we are called to look after the poor. The poor are never to look after themselves. We are to look after them. So because when we as a church, we as a family of God, we stop providing, we turn them into beggars. Yes, so what the Bible says it even further. He goes, I've come to the poor. Why have I come to the poor? I have come to set the poor free. Therefore, they will no longer be dependent upon anybody else except me. So let's go further now. Look at chapter, verse 47. And when he heard that, that Jesus from Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me in my affliction. Heal me. That The term there, son of David, is also the term used for the Messiah. So what you have here, watch this very carefully. The man is visually impaired, but in spiritually in tune. Visionally impaired, but spiritually in tune. Therefore, in the sh so right here, what we're seeing is that you could be blind on one level and have 20-20 vision on another. And when you focus not on one level, but on the other level, now let's go a little deeper. Whatever revelation that you see is the revelation that will manifest in your life. So when you receive revelation and you add faith to your revelation, then there is going to be a manifestation. That is why it's just not enough just to, oh man, I can quote the word, um, I can sing the word. You need to put faith to the word. When you get the word, you get faith, you get manifestation. And what we have here is this amazing, amazing, uh, almost like a, a brand new way of doing things. He's a man that says, I am visually impaired, but I am no longer going to be subject to that level because my spiritual eyes. Now, listen to me carefully. Now, every time you hear the word, God's plans will start to become alive in you and they will shout. Every single time that you hear God's word, you meditate on God's word, the plans that God has put in you, the blueprints that he has will start to shout out, I want to manifest, I want to manifest, I want to manifest. See, when you hear God, every plan... 
all the plans of God start to shout out. See, God has a plan for every area of your life. And what's happened with Barnabas here, sorry, blind Bartimaeus is this, is that he heard that it was Jesus. And when he heard that it was Jesus, the plan for his eyesight became alive. See, God had already prepared a plan for his vision. And when the prepared plan heard the voice of God, the two matched together, and in his spirit says, today is my day. Today, the vision of God, the plan of God that he has put inside of me is going to manifest. See, God says, my plans are not made to be plans, but they are meant to become a manifestation of reality. So every plan that God has for you is not just a good idea, it's not just a happy emotional thought, but it is to be a manifestation. So he starts to cry out, and he says, God, have mercy on me. In one of, my, one of our, you can go back, I think, uh, Last year, we did a whole message on mercy. And mercy is, the root word for mercy is a mother's womb. And when he sees Jesus, he says, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the healer. You are the one that has prepared my healing. You are the one that's done it. I receive you. I exalt you that you're the Messiah. You're my source. And then he says this. Jesus, son of David, that's my source, that he has, have mercy on me. The word there, mercy, as we said, it's in a mother's womb. He's saying this, Jesus, I want you to see me as a baby in the mother's womb with all the prepared blessings in me, with all the future, with all the opportunity, everything in me. I want you to see me not as a beggar, but I want you to see me as a son. See, there's an absolute cry in your heart. God, I want you to see me as a son. I want you to see me as complete. Everybody wants to be seen. Everything inside of you says, God, take notice of me. See, when he says, have mercy on me, he said, Jesus, I want you to see me whole. I want you to see me blameless. I want you to see me with a future. I want you to see me with a hope. So because everybody else saw him and framed him as a beggar, totally outside of God's confine. So he goes, God, I want you to see me. See, the crowd treated him according to how they saw him. While God treated him how he saw him. Here's something that you need to be mindful of. is how you see yourself is how you will treat yourself. And the danger with this is, is how you see yourself is sometimes is how you treat others. So if you feel insignificant, you will treat other people as insignificant. And then have a look at Mark, look at verse 48. Those in the crowd were indignant and scolded him for making, making so much of dis, uh, disturbance. But he kept shouting all this, Son of David, have mercy on me and heal me. 
Wow. So as soon as he started, now going back, keep in reference that the God of this world has put him in darkness. The God of this world, he's talking about Satan, he's not talking about God. And the moment that he starts to cry out, people around him, the ones that saw him as a beggar, came in alignment with darkness and they wanted to keep him away from the light. So what happened was this, is that blind Bartimaeus is sitting down, he's begging, he's got his arms out. And the moment he hears, it starts a reaction. It, it, it starts the miracle flow. It starts the revelation flow. And what happens is this. Faith always has a voice. Faith always has a voice. And the faith inside of him starts to yell out, Jesus, son of David, I want you to heal me. I want you to deliver me. I want you to bless me. I want you to break the curse over my life. And the moment he did that, they stood up. Now, here's something interesting. What they were doing, you can tell it was spiritual. Because in Leviticus 9.14, the Bible says this, you shall not hinder a blind man. So what it was, Leviticus 9.14 is an amazing scripture, and it says this, do not put stumbling blocks or hindrances, limitations upon a blind man. See, what they were doing, God says, it is illegal in my kingdom to stop every, anyone from being made whole. So, Levitic, so what these people were doing is you can see the spirit that was in the Leviticus right now is manifested here. And what's the spirit? The spirit is to put roadblocks in front of you. Let me just share some. God doesn't heal everybody. There are times, this is the, you know, I've heard people, I heard somebody say, well, you know what, yeah. <laughs> That's the way God takes people to heaven. He gives them sicknesses so that he can take them to heaven. The huge problem with that, you've got people that God takes. So now watch this. So hindrances, limitations, are false teaching on God's reality. It's somebody else's testimony that stepped out, not in faith, but stepped out on because he thought it was a good idea and it didn't work, so he goes, oh, that must be God. The Word of God says this, do not put stumbling blocks in front of a blind man. So the reason we're saying that, stumbling blocks, because there's a direction that the blind man was going and you put all of these obstacles. So what happens is this, any obstacle that is put in front of you that stops you receiving the fullness of God's plan is of the devil, not of God. So all of a sudden, and I'll just show you this, the spirit inside of him started to yell even more. The reason he was yelling even more, because he was rebuffing all the skeptics. He was rebuffing all of these people. He's going, you can't. And he goes, no, I have come. My faith that God has put inside of me for my victory will be fulfilled today. we got to get the Holy Ghost audacity to say this, today I'm going to break free. Today my miracle is going to happen. Everything is going to change today. And when he started to cry out, guess what? 
God always listens to His Word. This is, this is good. Come on, this is amazing. God heard His Word. God heard His Word. There's Jesus walking, and what is He hearing? He's not hearing this. Jesus, hey, I need some money. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, if you've got some spare change. That's not God's word. God hears his own word. God have mercy on me. And all the way through scripture, God says, I am a merciful God. I am a God that shows mercy upon thousands of generations. And here is Jesus, the word of God, and he hears God's word being sent back to him. And he goes, hey, this is unity. There's somebody in the crowd that has come and is walking in unity with me. There is someone in this crowd that has heard my word, has manifested my word, has spoken my word, and now, see, Jesus will always stop and listen to his word. So what does he do? He listens to him. Now look at 49, verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, come here. So they went to the blind man and said, have courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. Wow. Watch this. Your call has to respond to God. So the plan that God has for you, it's in you. And the way it manifests is you become obedient to it. The Word of God says it came out of him and he responded. He came to the source. The dream, the plan, is now coming to the designer of the dream and the plan. And then verse 50 says this, So he threw away his beggar's cloak, jumped up, and made his way to Jesus. Now watch this, Sunday. I wrote this down here. The cloak framed his reality. It was the cloak that framed his reality. He threw, this is what I wrote here, he threw off the framework of how people saw him, what people expected of him, all the things that identified him. He threw off the framework of how people saw him, what people expected of him, and all the things that identified him. Wow, watch this now. What the cloak was, the cloak was a symbol of an unkingdom lifestyle. Watch this. The cloak represented a system of living that was outside of the will of God. Because God does not make beggars. There is no word for a lifestyle of begging. Lifestyle of begging comes out of poverty, and poverty comes out of blindness. So what he does is this. He steps out of one realm. He goes, my lifestyle is anti the will of God. Isn't it amazing? You know what he's realizing? He said, it is wrong for me to live as a beggar. It is wrong for me to be blind. It is wrong for me to be broke. It is wrong for me to have multiple systems of income coming, coming in that, that I, I, but all, when I only need one, and that's God himself. So he's coming in, 
And he says, the things that identify me, I watch this again. This will kind of dovetail to what we heard last week was this. When he heard God said, come, in that word come was his permission to leave one level and step into another level. He's no longer asking, is it possible? When he heard, in the hearing gives him permission from one lifestyle into another. Verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man replied, master, please let me see again. I want you to notice something here, is that the moment that the two connect, that you connect with God, God is not asking anybody else's opinion on what you think you want. The guy's blind. You, you could have people coming up thinking, but this is what he should have, this is what you should have. But Jesus steps into, and it's one-on-one -on -one in the kingdom. Here's the word reality, is that God doesn't ask the opinions. What, what do you think I should do for him? God doesn't ask a multitude of counselors and go, hey, you know, hey, Ted's got this problem. What do you think we should do? What do you think we should do? What he does, he talks to him in kingdom languages. What do you want me to do? And this is what God put to me, that you and I can do it's a kingdom language. Jesus didn't ask the crowds what he wanted. Jesus is directly speaking to him in covenant relationship. He's speaking to him in covenant relationship with me. And he says this. This is what the Holy Ghost gave me this morning. And he said this. Master, please let me see again. Restore me to what I have lost, what I have been robbed of, every opportunity that has passed me by because of my condition. I want to see again. means to, to restore, you say, restore me to what I have lost, what I have been robbed of, every opportunity that has passed me by because of my condition. Well, watch this. Some of you have been, the condition you are in is because you were blind in a certain area, you've missed all of these things. And because it was your condition of blindness, that has made you miss so many opportunities. But I believe today, God's going to restore you. God's going to bless you. God's going to move into you. He's going to utterly and utterly over the top restore you. Be ready for new opportunities. But Pastor Fabiani, we're under COVID-19. I tell you what, COVID-19 cannot stop the Word of God. The Word of God is not limited by the environment that it finds itself in. The Word of God is powerful because it is God that is behind His Word and when God declares, things happen. And look at verse 52. And Jesus responded, Your faith heals you. Go in peace with your sight restored. Once, at all at once, the man's eyes were open and he could see again. And he began all at, one, all at once to follow Jesus, walking on the road. Now, as we come into you receiving your miracle, your faith heals you. Now, go right back to Genesis chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Jeremiah 20, when you put this with Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Do you realize, watch this, just, just watch the immensity of what I'm going to say right now, that God prepared the faith before he was created, before he was born, 
and he prepared that his faith would receive this miracle. Do you realize he didn't, blind Bartimaeus, this blind man, didn't have to, I need to find faith. I need to find faith. I need to find faith. God had prepared faith for him to receive the prepared plan for him. So here's the, here's the beauty with it. My, uh, actually, my heart just kind of wants to jump out and hug you today. It just wants to grab you and shake you. Come on. Do you realize that his faith healed him, but his faith was prepared before he was created? The plan was always, always, always for him to receive light. He was prepared. So what God has said this, you know what? You need to say this. God has prepared faith in my heart today to receive my miracle. I have prepared faith to receive my prepared miracle for a prepared day, and the prepared day is today. Hey, man, that will make a good T-shirt. So right now, I am confident. Right now, this is exciting time. This is revelation time. That right now, you have a need. Here's the key. Your need has a prepared faith and the prepared faith is in you. So why don't we right now, why don't we right now let God's revelation stop being blinded and move into the light. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us today for the manifestation of all the prepared works to be manifested in our lives. So right now, blindness will be but you haven't got the faith. If you had the faith, hey, you would have got healed last week. If you had all of this stuff, let's go back to the God's Word. This is a miracle that was written down just for you. Just for you. The blind man got his light back. Today, you're going to get your light back. Your light, the revelation power of a, of a life full of God's grace and His goodness. So right now, why don't we, why don't we just... With the audacity of my prepared faith, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to believe for God to do a miracle in your life, in your family. Whatever area right now that you are struggling in, where there is, there is not the light of God's word, the light of God's freedom in you, is going to be changed. Why don't we pray together? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I just lift up everybody listening to me too right now. Father, I just thank you that the revelation light of your word is now upon you. And Father, I declare healing. I declare provision. I declare freedom. Father, I declare peace and love and the continuing abundance of God overflowing in our lives. Father, right now I pray and I declare, let there be light in your situation. As it was for this blind man, God, let it be with everybody listening to me. I declare this and I believe this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, uh, send through your miracles to us. Send your miracle reports so we can encourage people. But I believe today, today you stand up and you start to live in a brand new day. If you're listening to me today and 
you go, Ted, my whole life is in darkness. I haven't got any peace. I've, um, hey, I, I'm so fearful. I, I, I'm afraid what happens you know, when I die. I'm just afraid for my future. I, I don't have hope. And, and I don't know this Jesus. I've never heard that Jesus has plans for me. Today, if you're listening to me, God wrote this plan down that you'd be listening to me. And because he's written that down, he wants to save you. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. And the Bible says all you've got to do is receive him as your Lord and Savior. So what you do is you accept that Jesus was born for you, that he was manifested on the earth for you, that he preached his word for you, that he died on the cross and he took all your guilt, he took all your shame, he took all your pain, he took all of your junk, and paid the price, and then he makes you brand new. And you do that by faith. Why don't you just pray this prayer after me? Father, I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you that you have planned for me, that you have plans for my life, and to, to bless me so that I can be a son of God, that I can be a daughter of God. And Father, right now, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he died on the cross and he paid my full price for me so that I could be born again, I could become brand new. And Father, by faith right now, I receive the finished work of Jesus. I now declare him as my Lord and as my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, if you've prayed that, we'd love to hear from you. There's a link uh, underneath me that you can um, get access to. And uh, we'd love to pray for you. We'd like to give you uh, some material to help you grow and help you find a, a church where you can thrive in the kingdom of God. Hey, God bless you. I look forward to being with you next week.